Welcome to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers with Linda Prio. Will it be possible to remain in my home as I age? Do I feel safe in my home? How do I figure out how much support I will need when my health needs start to change? What if I decide to move into a community instead? Which community will meet my needs now and in the future? Who will play a role in helping me with decision-making? Do you ask yourself these same questions? Aging in Place Strategies and Answers can help you gain practical knowledge that will help you create your own Aging in Place Roadmap. If you are already a care partner, a power of attorney, or in crisis mode with your Aging in Place strategy, you will learn what you need to know that you don't know. For over 20 years, I have been marketing Aging in Place services to clients and educating families and healthcare professionals in how to put aging in place strategies into place. When you utilize aging in place, you are allowed to choose where you want to live and make those decisions so that you can retain your quality of life. Thank you for joining me today on Aging in Place Strategies and Answers. I really thought that I could move on and not talk about insurance again for a while. But as I was doing some personal research, I felt compelled to share some things that we all need to watch for as the date for open enrollment approaches. If you or your parents received the Medicare and You 2024 book from the U.S. government. Do not toss it in the trash. In the back, you will find the latest information on plans offered in your area, and you will be able to compare the costs of Medigap plans, Medicare Advantage plans, and the drug plans that are offered in your area. Take a look at what is changing in the plans that you are already enrolled in. Yes, it's homework time. Please, please learn more about Medicare Part D coverage, which is in Section 6 of that handbook. The Medicare advisor I had on a couple of weeks ago said that this will be the place that can cost you the most money or save you the most money. So it is worth taking another look. Sometimes we think that making no change is the best, but not always, and especially not this year, because in my area, I saw that some premiums went down, but deductibles went up. So it it is really important to look at those charts in the back of your Medicare and you book to see what is going on with your own insurance or your parents' insurance in your area. When you take the time to do that, you will not have any surprises when health incidences occur. Even if you have private insurance, it's usually 
enrollment time in the fall as well. So take a moment, see what you're signing up for and learn about it so that you are better informed. In section seven of that book, it will help you to learn how to get help paying for your health and drug care costs. And in section eight, you will learn what your rights and your protections are as a Medicare recipient. Remember, open enrollment is a time when you can sign up for health insurance, adjust your current plan, or cancel your plan. And for 2023, the dates are October 15th through December 7th, 2023. When I was going through the Medicare handbook that was mailed to my home, I noticed that traditional Medicare insurance premiums for Part B are going to be rising about $10 a month for 2024, but I did not see anything telling me that there is going to be a change in the annual deductible for Medicare Part B. When you go to the internet to make any changes or to do any research, please be careful that you are clicking on a government site and that it is secure. Scammers are very good at faking you out. And so you need to watch what site you are clicking on. Several years ago, Medicare asked beneficiaries to enroll in Part D plans online, but they didn't realize that the Medicare insured either didn't know how to get on the internet, didn't have the internet, or didn't have the technical skills and knowledge to be able to do this task. So it was a big eye-opener for Medicare. If you find that you don't have the skill set to get online and make these changes or to do your research, it is okay to ask for help. And I'm going to give you some sites as we go through our time together that you can log on to or that you can ask someone to help you log on to so that you can make your decisions. In fact, I would ask you to make an appointment with a trusted advisor or one of the people in your support system that can help you do your research and make a good decision and then help you to enroll in that plan. You might also consider that it could be time to put your spouse uh, or your adult child on record with your health insurance so that if something should happen to you, and you wouldn't be able to have the capacity to discuss what kind of insurance you have and to tell your loved ones what to do and what to pay, etc., that they can get that information directly with the insurance company. There is nothing wrong with asking for help. We all know that this is confusing. I also felt compelled to warn you against Medicare insurance scams. Friends, families, care providers, support systems, please share this podcast with those you know 
or at least share some of the following tips with those you know and stay alert. Protect your insurance cards, your social security number, and birth date information. AARP advises that we never give our Medicare number to anyone who calls on the telephone. Share it only with your health care providers or if you have placed a call directly to Medicare. If someone calls and offers you free genetic testing in person or online, it's a scam. Medicare does not pay for these tests unless they are ordered by a medical professional. If someone calls and promises you COVID-19 tests, medical equipment, or medical services in exchange for your Medicare number, hang up. It's fraudulent activity. Medicare will not reach out to you regarding enrollment. If someone calls and makes a pitch to help you enroll in a program, that's a scam. Here are two illustrations that popped into my mind from my own experience. My mother called me one day and said that Social Security was coming out to visit with her. I told her, thank you for letting me know, but Social Security doesn't make house calls. She told me the appointment time, and I told her that when they called her back to confirm, let them know that her daughter would be meeting them in the lobby of the building in which she lived. That was a scam, and they never showed up. In another instance, a lady told me that she had recently switched to a different health care plan, and she gave me the name of the plan. I told her that I was surprised that she had qualified for that plan because that particular plan covered patients who had certain chronic health care conditions, which she clearly told me she did not. I told her that I could be wrong, so to please do some follow-up. Well, she called me several days later and she said she had gotten enrolled in a plan that would not have covered her health care needs. She told me, Linda, I'm not stupid. I am a highly educated woman and I was a member of a symphony orchestra. Now, how did I get scammed? And I just told her, please don't feel bad because that kind of thing can happen. And now she will be aware and be watchful. You know, that illustration was from over 15 years ago. Unfortunately, it is not if you will get scammed, but instead it is when you get scammed. So let's learn to recognize how scammers work. From the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, they warn us that as we shop around for insurance plans, just know and be aware that scammers might take advantage of this period of time to impersonate Medicare agents. Scammers may sound professional. They might even say they're from Medicare and have some of your personal details. But in reality, they're trying to steal your money, Medicare information, or your identity. Here are some ways to spot potential scams 
and what to do. Don't trust the name on your phone. Scammers can fake a caller ID. So hang up if anyone calls and asks for your Medicare number, your Social Security number, or your bank or credit card information. Legitimate Medicare employees already have your Medicare number on file. Do not be rushed into making a decision. And that's why I have been talking to you well in advance of open enrollment so that you won't be rushed into making a decision and can take your time. You have until December 7th to enroll and Medicare doesn't offer extra benefits for signing up early. That's a scam. Please ignore threats to take away your benefits. If you qualify, your benefits cannot be taken away for not signing up for a plan. Do not talk to anyone that suggests their plan is preferred by Medicare. The truth is, Medicare doesn't endorse a specific plan. Some scammers will say they're from the government and need money or your personal information. Government agencies don't call people out of the blue to ask them for money or personal information. No one from the government will ask you to verify your social security number, a bank account number, a credit card number, and they won't ask you to wire money, pay by a gift card, or even cryptocurrency. Scammers might tell you that you need to pay a fee for a new Medicare card or you'll lose your Medicare coverage. But you never need to pay for a new card and Medicare never calls out of the blue, as I said before. Those are scams. Scammers might try to sell you a fake medical discount plan. Medical discount plans charge you a monthly fee in addition to what you already pay for your health insurance. And what they are going to give you or say that they'll give you is discounts on specific medical services or products from a list of participating providers. They are not a substitute for health insurance. While some medical discount plans provide legitimate discounts, others take people's money and offer very little in return. So if you're considering a medical discount plan in addition to your insurance, check out every claim the plan makes, including whether your doctor participates in the plan, and be sure to get the details of the discount plan in writing before you sign up. Scammers always want your sensitive personal information in exchange for a price quote. The Affordable Care Act official government site is healthcare.gov and it lets you compare prices on health insurance plans, check your eligibility for health care subsidies, and begin enrollment. But healthcare.gov will only ask for your monthly income and your age to give you a price quote. Never enter personal financial information like your social security number, your bank account number, or your credit card number to get a quote for health insurance. You might be setting yourself up 
for a lot of robocalls or even worse, identity theft. Well, what should you do before you sign up for health insurance? While we've mentioned things to avoid, there are several steps you can take before signing up for health insurance, and here are a few to keep in mind. Visit a trusted source, like I mentioned before, healthcare.gov, to compare plans, coverage, and prices. Is the company listed in your Medicare book or on medicare.gov? Companies are rated on medicare.gov website so that you know how successful they are at paying claims and handling transactions with insureds. So look at those ratings and choose wisely. Don't accept vague answers and insist on seeing a statement of benefits or a complete copy of the policy you're considering. Make sure anything the salesperson told you about coverage is written in the statement of benefits. Medicare Part D plan representatives may enroll you on the phone only if you call them first. Anyone who contacts you about a Medicare Part D plan without you seeking them out is most likely a scammer. And do not share your information and don't pay them. Again, don't feel pressure to decide on a particular plan, especially a Medicare prescription drug plan, because as I've said, you have from October 15th to December 7th of every year to decide on a plan for the following year. And that's plenty of time to consider legitimate offers. Now, Medicare Part D providers may only come to your home if you've invited them. So don't talk to anyone who comes to the door with unsolicited offers of drug coverage. And the law says that prescription drug benefit companies can't visit your home unless you've given them permission. And at my home, I know that I have received some suspicious-looking insurance information in the mail. And it's really hard to see where that's coming from. So open it up. You don't know what it is or you don't understand what it is and just throw it in the trash. Now, I have not heard of this one, but here is some information on a medical discount plan and scam. And again, these are discount plans that uh, make you pay premiums above what you already pay for your health insurance. Uh, And they may offer some discounts like dental, vision, hearing, or chiropractic services. So be aware that while some of these plans are legitimate, others take people's money and offer very little in return. Remember this, scammers prey on your emotions and they want your money. So if they can get you upset or off balance or confused, they win. So Hang up the phone and call somebody that you know that you can talk to before doing anything. The FTC also advises us to block unwanted calls and text messages. And you can do this by getting on the national no-call list. 
You can sign up online. You can also change the settings on your cell phone that will allow you to block calls and silence unknown callers so that you aren't bothered by spam calls. Again, don't give your personal or financial information in response to a request that you didn't expect. Honest organizations won't call, email, or text to ask you for personal information like your social security number, bank account number, or credit card numbers. And if you get an email or text from a company you do business with and you think it's real, it's still best not to click on any links. Instead, contact them using a website you know is trustworthy or look up their phone number. Don't call a number they gave you or the number from your caller ID because it could be a scam. Resist the pressure to act immediately. Honest businesses will give you time to make a decision. Anyone who pressures you to pay or give them your personal information is a scammer. Know how scammers tell you to pay them. They will ask you to pay with cryptocurrency. They might ask you to do a wire transfer service like Western Union or MoneyGram. They might ask you to use a payment app or a gift card. Many of us don't even know what all of that means. So if you're in that camp, you're probably already safe. But it's funny when you're under pressure what you can figure out. Never deposit a check or send money back to someone unless you know who it is. Always stop and talk to someone you trust before you do anything else. Tell someone, a friend, a family member, a neighbor, what you're worried about and what the people said over the phone. Talking about it could help you realize it's a scam. Thank you for listening today. I feel better knowing that you've been prepared to make wise healthcare insurance decisions and are better able to spot a scam. So now I know that I can rest more comfortably. The caregiver tip for today. Sometimes caregivers operate under a false assumption that they are the only ones that can meet the needs of the person that they are supporting. But then they complain that they have to do it all. Learning how to ask for help can prevent burnout and save your physical and mental health. If you have a large support system, assign freezer meals to the cook in the family. Send the grocery list to the person who likes to shop. Ask for bill pay from the person that is good with numbers. Or hire what you simply cannot do. I guarantee you will sleep better at night and feel less overwhelmed. Please try it and let me know how it goes. Thank you, caregivers, for all you do. Thank you for joining me today. Please remember that this podcast is intended as guidance and not advice. Share this podcast with friends and family who are currently in crisis mode or with people who would like to start developing their own roadmap for aging in place. Listeners, if you would like a deeper dive into a topic discussed during a podcast, Please subscribe to Aging in Place Strategies and Answers where you will be able to access premium content. 
Or if you would like to suggest a topic for this podcast, please contact me at lynda.agingstrategies at gmail.com. As always, I value the time you spend with me.